Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hart. It's here today to break down every significant, even minor injury ahead of a injury-filled Week 10. As always, joined by PFF's own Dwayne The Rock McFarland, Andrew The Prop Prophet Erickson. Guys, how's it going? Dwayne, you first, since you have long hair, so by virtue of that, you go first. Yeah, but Andrew has the better nickname now. Like I like I like the prop profit. That's that that's pretty dope, Andrew. So did did you shave your hair because you're so good and like you wanted to look more zen like, you know? Like is that no, I mean I was just really sick of doing my hair. You know, this way I can spend more time. I've never even seen your hair, like you always had a hat on. Searching the the market for the best the softest lines. That's where I spend my time now. So it's beanie season. You can't have a bunch of junk in your hair and then put yes. a beanie on and off. That's that was my deal breaker. So no offense to anyone out there that has long hair, except for Dwayne, but just same people. So <laughs> as always, gonna roll through the positions here. We still have some injury news rolling in hot, so we'll address that as the show goes. But let's get after it, people. Quarterback, we got Carson Wentz with an illness limited on Thursday, but that will not be holding him out. Continue to fire him up as one of the week's best streamers. I do think he deserves to be in the top. 15 also got news from urban meyer that trevor lawrence will be playing through that ankle injury also kyle murray returned to practice on friday but is a game time decision with that ankle guys it looks like once again we have the cardinals playing at four o'clock gonna have to make some tough start sit decisions in regards to kyler andrew are you going in expecting kyler to play or is this still a situation where if you have you know a top 16 top 18 backup you should probably be firing them up at 1 p.m yeah i'm looking to fire up another running back i mean if you look at this matchup they're they're playing the, the pj walker led you know carolina panthers like i, I, I mean they, we saw last week colt mccoy you know help them get the w so i, I don't think they're going to stress out to get Kyler Murray out there when he's really not practicing at all. You know, mobility is part of his game. You know, how much are they going to use him anyway? So I think that there are alternatives that you can go with aside from Kyler Murray. There's a couple of good streamers you can get. I mean, like a, a Teddy Bridgewater is available on waiver wires. You know, he's got a decent matchup. And again, he, he's got a floor. Like, you know, he'll get you 15 fantasy points. Same thing with like a Big Ben, 15 fantasy points. So I just don't think this is a really ceiling game for Kyler Murray anyway. So I'm okay with foregoing him and looking for another option. We do have Jimmy G playing Monday night. I would assume he's available in a lot of leagues. So, Dwayne, when I say guys like Teddy Bridgewater, Taylor Heineke, Ben Roethlisberger, would you rather wait on Kyler and then just, you know, see what happens? And worst case, you can hopefully get Jimmy G. Or do you just think that we should probably be looking to find someone elsewhere, assume that Kyler won't be in there? Yeah, I think it's really, you know, and I know people don't like this. I guess sometimes people do. It just depends on your roster, right? We don't know what you, who your QB2 is. So right now I've got Kyler Murray, you know, towards the bottom of my tier two um, to Andrew's point earlier. You know, I think the big thing is even if Kyler Murray plays, I don't expect him to be very mobile this weekend. Right. And so if you take away the upside of his legs and then you also factor in, like Andrew's already noted, the fact that they're playing the Panthers who are going to be led, you know, by PJ Walker. It's like, you know, I, I don't know how much they're going to really need to do. So if I had a significant other option, um, I would definitely go with it. But I mean, there are, there are plenty of pivots. Like you could go to Teddy, you could go to Garoppolo, um, you know, who else? Derek Carr might be available some. Kirk Cousins I've seen on waivers some. So, I mean, there, there are some other late game options. It's not like you just have to be stuck with, well, I guess I got to roll with PJ Walker or something like <laughs> that. But but if you do have another, you know, option that's, that's viable, like if you've got a, a Russell Wilson um, I might even go, I, I think this is kind of where the line happens for me. And you guys tell me what you think. Like, I think it kind of, it's at Matt Ryan, right? <laughs> you get to Matt Ryan and Derek Carr and now Derek Carr, like you have the advantage of that is in the, you know, that's the Sunday night game. So you could wait on him, but Matt Ryan is probably the line where I'm like, okay, like anything below that, I'm probably for sure waiting above that. I'll, I probably will just go ahead and play the other player over Murray. I think that's pretty fair. And I probably did jump the gun a little bit on saying Jimmy G needs to be the backup because we do have Teddy going up 425. We got, um, you know, to your point, Derek Carr, who probably isn't on too many waiver wires. I would hope not, but you never know in some of these eight, 10 team leagues. So just something to think about people definitely shouldn't be fully just expecting to have uh, Kyler Murray at his usual superhuman powers ready to go. Also have Sam Darnold on the injured reserve with that incomplete shoulder fracture. 
Matt Rule said it's not very likely that Cam Newton will play in Week 10, so it's looking like it will be the P.J. Walker experience. Just You're a just pretty not let go of that incomplete part, are you? Like every Never. time we talk about Sam Darnold's fracture this season with Ian, it's going to be the incomplete. <laughs> I kept a straight face. I wasn't going to make a big deal out of it, Dwayne. That's on you. Uh, Cam <laughs> Newton will oh. probably not be under center. Just a very tough spot for P.J. Walker. I mean, look, guys, we're starting Christian McCaffrey and D.J. Moore with relatively with a relative confidence definitely starting cmc dj Moore though Dwayne, like where do you have him ranked right now because we've talked about dj with darnold already kind of having to move him down from a wide receiver one to more of a wide receiver two i have him at wide receiver 17 right now but i could see myself maybe dropping him a few more spots after going through the old ranks again yeah, I'm at 16, but I mean, part of it is we're just thinking there's going to be 9 to 10 targets. So once you're in the 9 to 10 target, expected target range, it's like really hard for me to get you down past like 20. You know, I kind of start running into a wall because you that, then you start getting down into the players that we think are going to get targeted five, six, seven times that you're just hoping they have a good matchup. So I've got him right where you do. I've got him at 16 right now. You know, he's in the top of my tier three, you know, but I would. So here's my tier three. I would be fine if anybody wanted to play any of these guys over DJ Moore. So I've got Moore, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, um, Claypool. Let's take out now with the toe. Um, Hopkins, I would remove just because I worry about you know injury or re-injury if he does play. But then you've got Lockett, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen. So that's basically that tier right there. So. That makes sense. And it is worth noting that DJ Moore last year in the spot 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 start by Philip Walker, seven catches, 127 yards and even chipped in 21 rushing yards. That was against the Lions. Maybe not quite the same matchup as the Cardinals, but like just realize Walker isn't completely incompetent. I know he's had a pretty rough go of it this year, like three for 14 or something. Shouldn't hey, be real quick, quite that Ian, Go ahead. Um, and Andrew, so sorry to jump in. I'm but just question, like rest of season, like what do you guys think now with Cam Newton in? I think he's someone in Superflex and 2QB that should be on every roster, but expecting him to emerge as more than, you know, just kind of this mid to low end QB2, probably wishful thinking. It's just offensive line. It's the same reason why I think all these other quarterbacks that have been in Carolina largely have been failing despite having plenty of good weapons around them. Andrew, what about what about for the weapons, though, specifically like uh, more more for DJ Moore, McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, for, for these guys that people may, you know, they're I think people probably are much more worried about that, like because they know these are players that they've got on the roster they're considering to start every week. I don't think it can really hurt them that much. I think we're yeah. still starting CMC and DJ Moore pretty much every single week. You the same way, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I think it can't get worse. Like, that's really what we're looking at. I mean, DJ Moore is already seeing a ton of volume, so he can't run more routes. He can't see more targets with Cam Newton. I think that stays. I mean, Cam Newton, they have a connection. Cam Newton doesn't have a connection with any other of these Carolina players except for McCaffrey and DJ Moore. So Moore is the most talented receiver, so he's going to continue to see volume. And, I mean, look, Cam's shoulder should be better. He was better in the preseason than he looked all of last year as someone that was following him very closely when he was on the Patriots. So Cam, I think is an upgrade. I and mean, Cam's better than Sam Darnold. Like they should have just signed him in the first place. <laughs> like instead of going through like uh, the whole thing where it's like, they're paying Teddy Bridgewater, they're paying his backup to, to, to replace his backup to replace his backup. Like, it's just like, it's just insane. Like the way that they handle their quarterback situation with Cam now being back, despite their, they're paying both of his backups and replacements. It just makes it just absolutely <laughs> mind boggling what they did. So, and then McCaffrey, I mean, McCaffrey, it doesn't matter. Like, He's played with Kyle Allen. He's played with Taylor Heineke. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Yeah. He gets his touches, and he is an RB1. So, so Ian, you would say the Panthers offense can't get more incomplete than it already was. <laughs> Got him, Dwayne. Kings stay Kings. Uh, Ryan Tannehill did not practice on Friday with an illness. He has no injury designation. It is expected to be absolutely fine. We also have Trevor Simeon again starting over Taysom Hill. And like, okay, I guess. But if there ever was a time to focus the whole offense around Taysom Hill, I'm not sure why it isn't this week. Like Sean Payton said it himself last week, like Simeon wasn't that bad. He just really didn't get much help from his playmakers because they don't really have any playmakers around him right now. Now you take away Kamara and you just expect that to change. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing against Simeon, but he's a some of his parts quarterback that doesn't have many parts right now. Seems problematic. I happen to love the under in that one. Uh, and we also have Mike White starting with Zach Wilson listed as doubtful. Zach Wilson, quote unquote, wants to be a little bit more like Mike White moving forward. Guys, 
this Jets game is a little bit, I mean, Jets offense is a little bit interesting. I believe we saw Tremaine Edmonds, the stud Bills linebacker, is out or at least at risk of being ruled out. I'll try to clarify that in a second. But we have Corey Davis back. We're not feeling good about the passing game. But at least with Captain Checkdown Mike White, Andrew, I'm, I'm cool with rolling back Michael Carter as an upside RB2. What say you? Yeah, I think that's really the only guy you want to start. I, I I don't know if I have any more money left that I can take on Jets receiving unders anymore with Crowder. I, the, the line is moving down. Crowder was at 49 and a half. Now it's at like 40. And it's just like it just keeps going down because I have no confidence in the receivers in this game. You know, Mike White, when he's been good, it's been the check down king. You know, Philip Rivers almost came out of retirement because he was like, oh, my God, Mike White, what are you doing, man? Like, I need to get I need to reclaim my seat on the throne of, of Captain Chick Checkdown. So, yeah, I think that Michael Carter's really the only Jets player I want to start. If I'm going to take a shot at any of the receivers, it's going to be Elijah Moore because he's the most talented guy on the field. Yeah, and even then it's just tough with Corey Davis. So I agree. Uh, should be only starter Michael Carter in it. <laughs> That was a fun rhyme there. And uh, Tremaine Evans is, in fact, out. So only note, and I guess we'll lead off our running back discussion with this. Tevin Coleman is listed as questionable with the hamstring, but expected to come back. He was already a distant kind of third option in this backfield, but maybe a tiebreaker reason perhaps to go away from Carter if you happen to be pretty stacked with the running backs there. But more important items to discuss at running back. Najee Harris, good to go, despite being a midweek addition with that foot injury. Dwayne, just kind of season long. I know people are always looking to be ahead of the next week's waiver issues. Gun to our head, it does seem like Kalen Balazs would be the handcuff to own in Pittsburgh, even though a multi-back committee, at least more so than what Najee had, is probably the more likely outcome. So this week, you're, I mean, you're not going to like say, hey, Dwayne, like burglar on their way to your house right now. <laughs> you know, they've got, they've got on a you ski mask. You're salty about that one. I feel like I hit home uh, there. Uh, yeah, like it's, it's I've got some sort of traumatic experience. I don't realize in my past, I guess. Um, yeah. What was your question, Ian? <laughs> yes, it is Kalen Balazs. Okay. Like, but we don't know for sure. Like, you know, McFarland came in and fumbled, you know, last week. So that ne- that didn't necessarily help, you know, his cause. But we have seen Benny Snell as well. If I had to pick one, it would be Kalen Balaj. But I also would not be surprised at all at all if it was just a complete committee. You know, if we did yeah. see Najee Harris go down. Very fair. For the Lions, Jamal Williams out again with that thigh injury, even coming off the bye week. I love DeAndre Swift in uh, tournaments on DFS this week, people. Andrew and I talked about this on the Friday edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And whenever you have one of these running backs, Michael Carter qualifies as well. That legit has 8-10 to catch upside in their range of outcomes. You cannot ignore them, particularly when we have extra carries on the table like we do here with Jamal Williams ruled out. James Robinson, Urban Meyer said earlier in the week that James Robinson like was going to play and now he's expected to play listed as questionable with the heel. Feel like he's going to be out there and we can get back to treating him as that RB1 he's been down the stretch. But guys, this is where I kind of want to hit on the main part because with the Browns, Nick Chubb, Demetri Felton, and John Kelly all out with COVID. That sets up Dearness Johnson for even more work than he saw the first time around because he had 22 carries, two catches on like a 67% snap rate against the Broncos. That was with Felton being the change of pace back. So we don't even have that on the table at this point. It should be full wheels go for Dearness Johnson. So right now, I mean, I sent out a tweet saying, I dare someone to show me a lineup where you shouldn't be starting Dearness Johnson. Naturally, hundreds of you 14 <laughs> leaguers out there found a way to uh, prove me wrong. But I do think that point holds true more times than not. Guys, right now I have him in, and I guess I got to take Kamara out of that as well. I have him as my RB11. I still think I would start guys like Fournette, Jones, and Connor just ahead of him. But I do think I would fire up Dearness Johnson ahead of James Robinson, DeAndre Swift, Cordero Patterson. Dwayne, do you think that's about the right range? Would you go yes. higher or lower? No, I think you're in the right range. I mean, right now I've got Dearness Johnson as nine. Um, So actually, yeah, I've got him as eight with Kamara out. So, yeah, I agree. I've got Zeke just behind him, Daryl Henderson just behind that, and then I've got Patterson Swift 
Uh, I've got my, I've got James Robinson down at 16. Like I'm with you. I'm excited about him coming back. He looked dominant from an efficiency and from a utilization standpoint. So like he gets the, uh, he would be Triforce Ian. I know you know what I'm talking about. Like yeah. we were doing Triforce, but James Robinson is just in a tough spot this week. And I worry he could get spelled right a little bit more than what we're used to. He may not get that full down capacity back. Maybe see a little more Carlos Hyde. Cause if we look at it running back strength of schedule, it's a 3.3 bottom five offensive line run blocking advantage bottom six this week you know 18.6 points per game given up by the indie defense to opposing running backs right now in ppr format so i've got james robinson at 16 but i love where you got dearness johnson yeah andrew out of, out of these guys that i have ranked ahead of dearness Najee, jonathan taylor mccaffrey eckler dalvin daryl henderson zeke connor aaron jones and lenny fournette any of those stand out as like no let's actually roll with dearness or are we we about on the same page here so yeah, I have him at RB seven, but let's I mean, go. I, like, I gotta get higher on. I okay, like boys, I like him go. more than Zeke, than Jones, than Connor, than Fournette because you know those those first three guys like we could see other running backs just get get touches like that's what the play that's why we want to play Dearness is because he's going to see like a hundred percent of the snaps or like very close to that and the matchup's pretty good. The Patriots run defense yeah, is great. Matchup. So I mean RB seven like I know it sounds weird to put him up there and it seems like we're just being like. Oh, like Arby's don't matter, but it's just the fact. Like that's how that's how you project points for running backs is, is the touches, and it's clear as day that he's going to get a sick workload. Whereas Aaron Jones, like, is he going to have more touches than AJ Dillon? Like, we don't know. <laughs> like, it could be split. So, yeah, I think Ernest is just in a great spot. So my, uh, you know. Running back rank as I came up with myself. I have Dearness Johnson RB7 uh, now, and I'm just happy I came to that conclusion. So good <laughs> stuff, gentlemen. We'll follow your lead. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the Patriots backfield, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. In typical Patriots fashion, they are still in the concussion protocol, haven't practiced all week. Are, are they rolled out? Of course not. They're listed as questionable. So if they are out of the picture, it looks like it'll be a two-back committee with Brandon Bolden probably taking the lead but we could also see plenty of J.J. Taylor. It seems pretty likely these guys are going to be sidelined. Dwayne, where would you kind of slot in Brandon Bolden this week um, if we do have the Patriots without their two early down bell cows? Yeah, I think that if they're completely without both of them, I'm going to move them up into my tier three, which right now has Damian Harrison at anyway, and I'll be removing him. But I've got Melvin Gordon, Javonta Williams, Michael Carter, Antonio Gibson, um, and Chris Carson are all in that tier. So that's where I'd move him to. I'd still keep him below like Elijah Mitchell, Mark Ingram, Josh Jacobs, James Robinson, all those types. Um, just because I don't, I still don't completely trust it. Like they could totally flip the script on us and come out and really give more of the work to JJ Taylor. Like that's just the kind of thing the Patriots would do. And we've seen them do it so often. So I'd want to keep him just outside of that tier above that I'm a little more confident about mentioned Zico Elliott in a couple of these rankings. He was limited throughout the week with that knee injury. We're fully expecting him to be out there, but it is fair to wonder. Cowboys, fairly big favorite over the Falcons. I think that line's around nine, nine and a half. Could be a situation where Tony Pollard is relieving Zico a bit more than normal and a reason in these tiebreakers. Again, against someone like Dearness Johnson, feeling more confident about having that bigger workload. Feels weird having Zeke behind Dearness Johnson, but it does seem to be the rational move this week week people per Dwayne and Andrew. Good job, guys. That's why that's why we all get here together. It's great. People, people helping people. Um also where have, you guys have Ingram at? I was just about to get there, Dwayne. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thanks, nice that's my bad. Yeah. Good it. times. Good times. Was that was that a great that was kind of an abrupt weird segue. I don't know if I would call it great, but it was oh, a segue. <laughs> only good vibes on Fridays, Dwayne. Only only getting better here. I was just trying to get the ruled out with the knee injury leading to Mark Ingram suddenly vaulting up the ranks. I mean, you know, looking at their roster, I guess Ty Montgomery could get back to playing running back. They have Dwayne Washington sitting in the backfield, but they will already kind of giving Mark Ingram a bigger role than we were expecting. Andrew, where are you kind of settling in with this? At first glance, I would probably, I wouldn't jump him up the same way we are Dearness Johnson, but when I'm seeing that, you know, Gaskin, Mitchell, Michael Carter line, I do probably find myself one to play Ingram ahead of guys like that. Yeah, I actually had a, uh, someone on Twitter reach out and ask me a question. It kind of helped me figure out where I was gauging Mark Ingram, they asked me, he's like, oh, like Elijah Mitchell, uh, the the Broncos running backs, like those types of players. And I was like, well, you know, he's probably really close to like Elijah Mitchell. I was like, kind of really deciding between those two. And I ultimately, 
gave the favor to Ingram because I feel more confident about his role as a receiver. I assume that he'll probably play more on, on third downs. I mean, that's where Kamara has played, but Kamara's gone. And we've seen, you know, the last couple of years, this is why we drafted Latavius Murray. Because when he came in for Kamara, he smashed. So Mark Ingram, I have at RB15. And I think for like DFS, it's like you just jam in Ernest Johnson and you jam in Mark Ingram. And then you yeah. just pay up everywhere else. Like like that's what you do in cash. Because those running backs, you just cannot beat that volume at the prices that they're at. I agree. That's the pivot off our cash line. We were going over uh, yesterday, Andrew. Now we don't have to pay 2.6K for Gerald Everett. We can actually get up yes. to someone like Kyle Pitts and not even have to go down that route. Don't worry about uh, Wentz and Pittman. You can go get Dak. Uh, maybe even get up to CeeDee Lamb, man. I do think Michael Gallup, though, and we'll touch more on this uh, later, is viable in cash as well. Dwayne, similar thoughts on Mark Ingram. I know you were the one that wanted to bring this up and just, you know, super <laughs> kindly interrupted me before. <laughs> I've got him at 11. So, I mean, but, but it's right in the range that Andrew's talking about. I mean, I've got him one ahead of Corderell Patterson. I've got Shots him two ahead, of, two ahead of DeAndre Swift, uh, three ahead of Gaskin, who already played, obviously, then Fournette, then James Robinson, then Elijah Mitchell. So in the same tier, you know, as those guys. But I'm with Andrew. I just, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, he's going to get targets. He's probably going to see 15 to 20 rushing attempts. Like, he's probably... He's probably going to be between 25 and 30, you know, touches like he could be somewhere in that range. So and the matchup is good. You know, if you look at the running back strength of schedule metric that we use, he's in the top five this week. If you look at the offensive line run blocking advantage for the week, he's also in the top six in that category as well. So I loved Kamara's matchup this week. And so basically now we get Ingram to you get to y'all's point. If you're talking DFS at a much cheaper price. So I think, uh, yeah, if you can lock me in for that 20 to 25 touches and he could have upside from there in a good matchup, it's just hard for me to keep him out of the top 12. Yeah, easily top 16, 17, and I, I think that range is fine. I could I, – If I'm they had a better backup, it'd like, it would cause me – No, I hear you. You know, to, to probably lean, you know – you know, take my foot off the accelerator a little bit, but it's just like, they don't really have anybody else that scares me to really take touches from him. I feel like he's going to basically get what Kamara's role was, before, you know, back before Ingram came in. I bumped him ahead of James Robinson, to RB 13 based on, again, I think this very fair point that it could be a little bit of an easing back into the offense for Robinson with him still listed as questionable. Also listed as questionable bills, running back Zach Moss in the concussion protocol. Moss, if he is active, is going to be someone that I guess you can put around that RB2 borderline against the Jets. I know Dwayne has swore off uh, Zach Moss. It's a, just a personal decision he's decided but to do. But you can't. You're right. It's like, this is. I'm sorry. It's where he belongs. Like, <laughs> it, it, it is where to, he belongs. I'm going to have to freaking use him again. <laughs> <laughs> and if he's out, Devin Singletary basically goes in the same spot there. So that's just the way I think about it. If they're both there, Devin, you can't do it. But if uh, Moss is out of the picture, we are feeling good about Singletary. Around 15 combined carries and targets against the Jets' league worst defense and PPR points per game to running backs. Antonio Gibson still limited coming out of the bye with a shin injury. Would have been nice to see him off the report completely. But beggars can't be choosers. I just really try to avoid playing him this week. I have him RB20. I got him just ahead of the Denver guys and McNichols and some stuff. But even that, man, I don't feel necessarily good about it by any stretch. Wouldn't it be against moving him lower and like any start sick question, I'm going to have him out of there. So I, I would just rather not talk too much about this Washington backfield. Sorry, guys, it hurts me. But Chase Evans ruled out with the ankle injury. Andrew, where do we have James Conner? Like it's hard to keep him out of the top 10 at this point. Yeah, no, I, that's where I got him. I got him at 10. So cool. I think that you're the only – concern is you know how much do they use you know benjamin you know do they use him more in the passing game he obviously has a pretty pedigree when it comes to his pass catching profile from his college days so if he like fills in for the chase edmonds role and you know rondell moore is banged up so you know if we saw his role expanding that's probably not going to happen this week as that short to intermediate pass catcher so yeah i mean james connor just my only concern is just like is he going to get a huge workload and then get and get hurt like, that's kind of what I'm concerned about is just, is he going to be durable enough? Because he's been that guy because he's been working in a committee with Chase Edmonds and he stayed fresh. We saw him obviously have a good workload last week, so we'll see if he can keep it up. But, I mean, the Panthers defense isn't terrible. They've been a lot of rushing yards over the last couple of weeks. And if there is no Kyler Murray, then there are some question marks. But as of right now, if he stays healthy, he's going to have a great game. So, top 10, I like it. 
This does kind of have the Kareem Hunt game vibes after Chubb got <laughs> yeah. hurt where, you know, every analyst out there is pulling up that 30-second clip from like a June podcast where they were saying James Conner was a good value where he was valued. Oh and then we all start talking about the league winning upside. <laughs> Hopefully he's healthy. James Conner continues to be one of the better stories in the NFL playing great football all season long. With the Seahawks, this is pretty interesting. And, Dwayne, I'm actually happy with some of the start-sick questions we had on our spaces uh, Thursday night, which you, we will continue to have. Andrew will be on there as well uh, more times than not. Sunday mornings as well. Going to try to get out there. Talk to you guys, do some start sick questions, and just, you know, talk some ball, do whatever. So make sure you start checking those guys out. We'll always be tweeting it through the PFF Fantasy account. But Alex Collins, we were already concerned about him even just having the bell cow role with guys like Penny, Homer, also involved. Now he's been limited with a groin injury. That's expected. He'll probably play through it. But we're getting word that Chris Carson, neck injury, one day it's going to keep him out the rest of the year. The next day, which is today, he's a game-time decision for Sunday. So, Dwayne, I would just prefer to not play a Seattle running back until we have even a sliver more idea what the hell is going on. Yeah, if Carson's active, I don't think you can really trust Collins. If you're just in a real tough spot due to bye weeks, maybe you play in a larger lead and you want to put him in as like a second flex spot just because it's all you have. I do think he'll continue to get some work just because I don't think they want to just pound Carson into the dirt, right? Knowing that he does have this injury. So I expect Collins to have more of a role than what we saw before when Chris Carson was healthy, but I just don't think that's worth a lot because guess what? The Seahawks don't run enough freaking plays. We've talked about it at every position. Ian, you talked about it earlier this week, like the games where DK Metcalf has two receiving touchdowns and you look him up and you're like, oh, he had one target and two touchdowns. That's awesome. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing for the running backs. There's just not enough to go around. You really need it to funnel through one player. So, yeah, I agree. I've got Alex Collins right now in my tier five for backs. Um, so he's sitting at running back 40. You know, if you have to use him as a flex, you can. If I do hear that Chris Carson's out, I will move him up some. You know, that'll probably move him up, uh, you know, close to RB low-end RB2 range for Alex Collins if we do hear that Chris Carson's out. But even then, we've seen them giving 20 30% to Elijah uh, Penny. And then we've seen um, – Rashad Penny. Them give, like yeah, it Rashad matters. Penny. <laughs> I know. God, like it matters, yeah. Like I was, I knew I was saying the wrong thing. I was thinking of the Giants running back, but whatever. My brain was already too far down that rabbit hole. And then you got Travis Homer, DJ Dallas. They stay involved in the passing game. So they like to, to – to really just divide it up too much anyway. But I'd it put him at, you know, I don't know, like running back 30 if we hear Carson's out. I think that's very fair all the way around. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire looks like he will be staying on IR with that knee injury. Andy Reid, quote-unquote, probably a stretch to see him return in Week 10. Daryl Williams, much more confident low-end RB2 than someone like Collins. We are not seeing someone like Monday Night Football extraordinaire Derek Gore uh, coming in, really taking away too many of those touches. And finally, Christian McCaffrey, not listed with that hamstring, continuing to fire him up. With all the confidence in the world, and I only say this because, again, people, we still haven't seen this projected ownership all everywhere pff we have them under four percent um fantasy labs i checked there they have a great dfs product i see them at four percent i was doing a roto grinder show before they have them at like a half percent ownership right now so if you really want to get quirky this week in your tournaments like just go get christian mccaffrey pay down at wide receiver while everyone else is trying to do the opposite now, we will talk about some wide receivers. Chase Claypool ruled out with his toe injury. Dwayne, you know, there's only so many targets Deontay Johnson can get in one week. We do have Eric Ebron coming back and seemingly splitting things up a little bit more with Pat Fryermuth. What are your expectations for James Washington here? Because I know it's big men, but it's also the Lions. Yeah, I mean, I think he's worth a shot, you know, if you're playing in a, you know, a larger league, but he's not someone that I really want to get too involved. The problem with James Washington is I think we've just, as much as we may all like him, and I liked him in college at Oklahoma State, and there were some good things that we saw, ultimately it just hasn't translated that well, you know, to the NFL. When he's on the field, his targets per route run have just been too low for his whole career. And what that typically tells us is that they're just not someone that the quarterback trusts, that they're really getting open, you know, that they can do the thing the quarterback knows they want them to do, right? And we've seen that multiple times in the past with James Washington. You get a lot of the Ben throwing his hands up like, hey, dude, wrong route. You're supposed to go in. You went out. Oh, you were supposed to settle down in the zone. You kept running across. So there's a lot of that going on, you know, with Washington. So 
if if you had to and say like a 12 teamer with super deep benches there's nobody on the wire and you just need a wide receiver three or a second flex you know you can throw it out there and to your point Ian, you hope that you hit a big play because you, you get to play against the, against the lions secondary but not a player i want to utilize a lot you know i would definitely lean much more into just really rolling with deontay johnson and that's probably the best thing obviously you're gonna play Najee Harris. I just root for James Washington, man. He's had to spend like the last six, seven years catching passes from Mason Rudolph. Oklahoma State, then the preseason, working <laughs> with the backups, and he gets thrown out Fair there points. to Big Ben randomly and can't make it happen. Uh, what, about, T.Y. Uh, what about Anthony Miller? Anthony Miller. Dude, Anthony oh Miller, I'm telling you right now, Scott Hansen on red zone. He's going to turn and be like, and Anthony Miller with his second touchdown of the day against the Detroit Lions. Andrew, but where is this coming from? Like, do we even know if he's going to be wow. in three wide receiver sets? I like Tony Miller, too. He hasn't played a snap with the Pittsburgh Steelers yet. I just got a feeling, man. I'm oh just saying God. it. Is he from some small New England town? Is this Deontay no, no, Harris no, no, all no, over no. again? I, I would play Deontay Harris over James Washington, though. But uh, that's that's besides the point. Oh Let's not bury goodness. the lead here. T.Y. Hilton, please proceed. Okay, okay. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton, what everyone wants to know about. He will be starting. He has cleared the concussion protocol. At this point, I mean, look, the one game that we did see Pittman dud, Hilton was there, but so was Paris Campbell, who is out for the season. I, I don't think we need to overthink this one. Michael Pittman really has emerged as the alpha in this offense. I don't think Hilton being there is necessarily bad news. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 16 this week. Andrew, what are your thoughts on Pittman? Are you concerned about Hilton coming back? Nah, nah, no. Uh, Lions do not uh, concern themselves with sheep. So that's someone asked me about Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins. I was like, that's what I said. I was like, nope. Rashad Bateman's a lion. Sammy Watkins is a sheep. Don't care. Uh, that's the thing with T.Y. Hilton. So yeah, I got Pittman at 10. I mean, he's playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville's just Ooh. been so bad in terms of efficiency allowed to wide receivers. It's not like a ton of volume that they've been giving up, but just so inefficient. I think it's just good for Wentz. It's just like another reason to like, be confident playing Wentz this week with another weapon that isn't really Zach Pascal, who really just kind of blocks. Like he's not really out there to catch pass. He's really more of a blocking wide receiver that helps up open things for Jonathan Taylor. For the no record, receiver gets open 10 yards or more down the field more often than Michael Pittman. 63% ooh. of his routes, he's open when he's running 10 yards or more down the field. That's not just targets, that's all routes. For the record, with Bateman, he actually did not draw the start. Watkins got it. Still played more snaps than Watkins, but we did see his snaps go from the mid-60% range to just 55%. Obviously, still got eight targets. I think that he has... I, I really freaking hope the Ravens saw all they needed to see from the Sammy Watkins experience on Thursday Night Football. Uh, but it was a shame to see those snaps take a hit regardless. So, okay, let's talk Michael Gallup now. Because, Dwayne, we talked earlier in the week about wanting to kind of wait a week to get too fully invested in Gallup. But looking at their practice report, Cedric Wilson, I haven't seen if the Cowboys have actually released their final inactives just yet. But Cedric Wilson hasn't practiced all week with a shoulder injury. We got Cooper still banged up i mean it looks like they might not have much of a choice i know noah brown's there and we got two touchdown hero malik turner doing his thing it seems like gallup might actually be walking back into more of an every down role than maybe we were thinking when we talked about this on tuesday yeah i i have him as a high-end wide receiver four you know or mid-range wide receiver four i mean i've got him he's borderline getting into the low-end wide receiver three conversation because of what you're just talking about i don't think wilson's going to play you do have the other two players banged up. It's still going to be interesting, though. Like, Dalton Schultz could really be a thorn in his side. You know, the last time we saw Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz wasn't a thing. So that's going to be the interesting part, you know, is how does that work? And it could just be something where everybody gets a little bit less, right? What we really need is just for the Cowboys to be in some scripts where they've got to keep things open enough that it can support all of these weapons. Because I think where it's going to be really troublesome for fantasy managers are the weeks where we've seen Dallas get out to a lead and run the ball 50% of the time in the game and everything's just based off of efficiency at that point, there's going to always be someone that's going to be left out. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I do agree with you with the with the news that we've gotten over the last two days. I've moved him up a little bit in the ranks. Wilson is officially questionable. He got in a limited practice on Friday. So it does seem to have a chance to play. Uh, goodness for Amari Cooper is that he was taken off the report and he will be playing. Which doesn't through. matter for Amari. He, right. he gets removed from the report. Some There's weeks he's hurt that they don't even put him on the report. So. Yeah, CD Lamb also good to go. He had that ankle injury practicing in full. Just letting everyone know the state of the Cowboys. Always great wide receiver room. 
with the Titans, another great wide receiver room. AJ Brown always popping up with a knee injury. Doesn't I don't think he has a designation. Uh, Julio does have a questionable designation with the hamstring. It's only worrisome with Julio because he started the week off and then he came back on as limited before getting his Friday off. It seems like everything we're hearing that both guys should be out there. But Andrew, you know, I've seen some people, specifically PFF's very own, just number one uh, ranker extraordinaire, Nathan Yonke, saying that this could be the best game we see out of Julio Jones this week. What say you, Andrew? I still, I'm still hesitant to put him as anything more than upside wide receiver three. But hey, man, if we do see Marshawn Lattimore spending most of his time across from AJB, could be a good moment for Julio to have really his first big breakout game with the Titans. Yeah, I mean, he just has like a, a massive range of outcomes because he could literally go out there one run one or run one route and pull his hamstring and be done. And then you literally have nothing. <laughs> and you're just kind of like, you're, you're dead at that point. But he could also have like a massive game, like you said, like and how Yankees talked about, because everything is there for him. The matchup is there. Like you talked about with Lattimore potentially being on AJ Brown, open things up for Julio Jones. He's running more routes. So everything is, is scripted for him to be there. So again, if you played a bunch of, you know, Ravens last night and you need like a, an upside play, then yeah, go play Julio Jones. Like yeah. you have nothing to lose because you got to catch points. So, but if you're on the other side of things and you feel like your lineup is doing really good, you're a favorite, then I, I don't think you need to take the risk. It's definitely a high risk, high reward play this week. And real quick, just again, as, as we're seeing more and more information come in, we talked earlier about, I said that Ty Montgomery could be someone that maybe takes snaps away from Mark Ingram. Even he's questionable with a hamstring injury. So truly, Mark Ingram, all wheels go this week. It's the same thing with Dearness Johnson. Like, you better have a loaded team to not start Dearness Johnson or Mark Ingram, people. Uh, good to go. Corey Davis and Cole Beasley, hip and rib injuries, respectively. Just for the Jets, it's going to hurt Elijah Moore's chance because even if he might be the better guy, we gotta get Keelan Cole, we gotta get Jeff Smith, we gotta get Braxton Berrios, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, all these guys snaps either way. So Davis Moore, they should be the guys that emerge, but I just prefer not to really be taking that chance in a week where they're playing the juggernaut defense that is the Bills. And then for Beasley on the other side, just good to see him there. It's, it's a sneaky spot. Like Andrew, we didn't talk about it too much in our DFS breakdown, but I do wonder if as everyone is like kind of looking at this value here this value there like the bills could just get back on track here and put up 40 points on the jets josh josh allen goes bonkers and you know none of us really be surprised looking back on it yeah it seems like a really good spot for josh allen and these receivers so again i mean i'm i prefer going down and not paying up for digs i'm mr you know take the under on stefan digs which that line has moved now to like 72 and a half receiving yards i got it at 85 so Sharp money is on digs unders. So I think that double stacking Josh Allen with Beasley and Sanders, you save so much money. And I mean, if you look at just the production across the board, it's it's digs hasn't been worth the money you had to pay up for to get him in DFS. So just pay down and get those other players, even like Dawson Knox, who's also healthy, as we'll talk about. So there are plenty of values and he's got to throw it to somebody. So I don't think you should pay up, pay down for some of the value receivers on Buffalo. Also, I mean, Zach Moss potentially being out there concussion, more reason to just continue throwing to Josh Allen's heart's desire. With the Buccaneers, Chris Goblin, game time decision with this hamstring issue. We already have Antonio Brown ruled out. Dwayne, if Goblin's active, man, I'd have a hard time benching him unless we get that Bruce Arians like emergency only disclaimer before the game. Let's say for the sake of argument, Goblin is out of the picture. I mean, Mike Evans just loving it put him inside the freaking top five or six at that point if you want to what about someone like tyler johnson who has been good not great in uh backing up antonio brown but really is like more so meant to be goblins backup in the slot would you be okay like putting johnson in more of that like actual wide receiver three range no i'm not going to put him there just because we've kind of seen this play out a little bit and we haven't had it work here's the problem like they want to get scotty miller involved they want to get tyler johnson involved they've even talked now about jalen darden being able to see some time Sean so, perryman in town yeah Prashad perryman's back so i i do get i'm kind of concerned like is it going to clearly be any of these players versus just more you know of a rotation now if you're looking at you know a deeper type league and you want to start talking about tyler johnson being someone you're taking a shot at you know grading them out more in like the wide receiver 45 to 50 range I, I could buy into that, but I'm I'm not going to be able to get him inside my top, you know, 36 for sure. I do have my I have Mike Evans at four right now, so it's a great great matchup across the board. You know, obviously implied points anytime you got Brady involved, those are going to be good too. 
I too have Evans as wide receiver for massive week for the only man to ever start his career with seven straight thousand yard seasons for the Washington football team. Curtis Samuel still out with that groin injury every single update. So it seems more and more likely he'll be put on the IR sooner rather than later. Diami Brown questionable with the knee. We all know it's Terry McLaurin season in Washington. Don't touch any of these other wide receivers Uh, for the Cardinals. We got Rondale Moore and DeAndre Hopkins as game time decisions more due to a neck injury and concussion Hopkins with a hamstring AJ Green is off the COVID list though so we're looking at AJ Green on one side Christian Kirk played out wide last week but he could be back in the slot here Um, Wesley should be the other guy out wide and I would think we'll get a lot more Zach Ertz in the slot Dwayne out of these Carolina out of these uh, excuse me Arizona wide receivers I mean are we at a point where we should be really moving AJ Green and Christian Kirk up just because the ball is to go to someone yeah, I like I like Kirk inside my top 36 already. And if we do, in fact, get an inactive from DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he'll push up towards the top 24. Like I would start him over. He would move past like Brandon Ayuk, Devonta Smith, probably yeah. moving past Jerry Judy. You get into that range where you get to like Robert Woods, Adam Thielen. Like he probably belongs just below those players or right there around them would be where I would get Kirk to. And then I think, yeah, for A.J. Green at that point, especially if Rondell Moore is also out, you know, you're probably going to move him up inside, you know, your top 45, your top, maybe your, maybe your top 40, you know, um, he's a guy that you're not going to expect a ton, like out of the receptions he gets, but you're hoping like, oh, he could give me six for 80, right? You know, if I get lucky, he catches a touchdown, but I mean, he, he can probably come up with 10 to 15 fantasy points for you this weekend. Andrew, you know, you do a lot of proper research. Do you see anything special with this Cardinals game you liked? I mean, we just have injuries all over the place. Wasn't sure if maybe some value rushing or passing. No, James Connors' rushing props pretty high. It's like right around like seventy rushing yards. So like that's not I think it's a really yeah. good projection. So that's I don't really feel favorite to one side or the other. I did take an over on Christian Kirk. He's at fifty receiving yards, and that's just because he's gonna play a full time role. Like he hit that he was well over that last week. And I just think he's the best receiver on the Cardinals when Hopkins isn't playing. Like, yeah. I think it's pretty clear right now that he's kind of the most traditional wide receiver. He has a connection with Colt McCoy and he's not hurt. Like he's healthy. So uh, I think that that's a big advantage for him. So I think that he could probably have a decent game here. He really has come a long way. I remember Kirk coming out. A lot of people thought he'd just be this kind of only slot receiver, a guy you kind of had to design yak stuff for. And he's had like four or five catches this year over his shoulder, just tracking the hell out of some of those deep balls. Uh, love to see that. He's like one of those guys like Michael Gallup, I think, where if we could ever see him get in truly the right situation where he gets that big workload, could see some truly awesome stuff. Final notes here at wide receiver, Keenan Allen, questionable with a knee injury, but fully expecting him to continue to play through that. Also, Tim Patrick, questionable with a knee. Just one of those situations where, honestly, people, right now, Judy's the only one we can feel super confident about firing up from that Denver Broncos passing game. On to the tight end position. Eric Ebron is up to a full participant in practice with that hamstring, expecting him to play. It does lower Pat Fryermuth quite a bit. He's now more of a touchdown dependent tight end two than a true low end tight end one. You could start with confidence. Dwayne, we do have a consistent tight end one back in action. That is Dawson Knox. Good to go after missing the last few weeks with that hand injury. Where do you kind of slot him here? Because we were talking about this on the breakdown. There's a ton of actually really good tight low end tight end one options, but I feel like Knox, at least when he was playing, kind of deserved a nod ahead of a lot of these guys. Yeah, I, you know, when I look at him, he kind of goes in that Noah Fant, Tyler Higby you know, kind of range. That's where he belongs. You know, he's a he's a low end tight end one. He's out there for plenty of the routes. He's not targeted that often though, um, on from a per route run basis. Now, if you think about the Bills, they throw the ball all the time. So like all these things have to equal out, right? So you don't have to have quite as many targets whenever you play on an offense like that um, because of how often they throw in every single situation. Um, that gets thrown at them, but still, I think low end tight end one, you know, he caught a lot of touchdowns early in the season that did help him, but he could, he could easily have, you know, that kind of a blow up game. When you look at his schedule for the week, it's great. Like he has the second best tight end strength of schedule um, for the week. So that's a positive for him. So he'll probably, I need to move him up a little bit. um, Now that we know for sure, I've got him at 15, but he'll probably move up to 11, 10, somewhere in that range. 
I have to start in one of my most important leagues right now, this expert writers league with a bunch of guys I want to beat. And I got to start freaking Arnold and Dawson Knox because my once deep running back room has Mixon on by Chubb and Kamara out and Damon Harris looking out. So one week you feel great about a position, the next you uh, just kind of hate yourself. So sorry to bore everyone with my team, but I'm a little tilted everyone. Okay. So uh, Andrew, our guy, Johnny Smith listed as questionable with the shoulder, but fully expected to be fine. They, Patriots do this. They just list everyone as questionable and it's very annoying to see week after week. We're getting some murmurs and this is the type of shit. I love when you have a non running back being projected to use, be used as a running back. Andrew, if we're getting Damon Harris or Mondre Stevenson out, like, are you willing to drink this Kool-Aid and like actually consider using Johnny Smith more? Or is this just more of like a let's have fun with this tight end spot in a tournament lineup type of thing? I mean, I think that they will probably use him more in the backfield. I think I could buy into that. I mean, this is the team that was the first team to use Cordell Patterson as a running back, really. They used to put Hernandez back there too. Yeah, so I don't think it's wild. I know that he used him a lot on like jet sweeps and those types of plays behind the line of scrimmage. You know, he's not really running routes. You know, Hunter Henry's really dominating the routes run in the offense. And if you look at Bolden and J.J. Taylor, neither of those guys have really done much work on early downs. If you actually look at the whole season before last week, J.J. Taylor and Brandon Bolden both had eight carries um, on first and second down. So I don't know if the Patriots really want either of those guys to be their early down back. You know, that's what with Stevenson and Harris, those guys operate mostly on those early downs. So it'll be interesting to see like Bolton will still probably operate on third down. I like JJ Taylor to potentially work a little bit more on first and second down. And now also kind of mix in JJ or excuse me, mix in Johnny Smith. So unfortunately, like it doesn't really help his fantasy value that he's getting carries. I unless he like rips off like a 70 yard touchdown, which I mean, that's kind of what you're hoping for, but you're not starting Johnny Smith. Unfortunately, <laughs> just can't do it. It's too thin. I like testing Andrew on some of his Patriots players just to make sure we're keeping a level head. And he passed. There you go. Gronk out again with the back injury. We've just seen them really split things up too much between Cam Brate and OJ Howard. Maybe having Goblin out like leads to a little more, but it's just too split to feel really good about either of those guys. Albert O is questionable with the knee, as Dwayne has told us via the always excellent utilization report. When Albert O is out, Noah Fant gets a true every snap role. Like I'm not sure why they picked Fant as high as they did to make him this part-time player when Albert O is out there. Nothing against Albert O. And I, I see both of you just seething as I refuse to pronounce his last name. But uh, not, with Fant back, not with Fant <laughs> off the COVID list, back in action, you can feel even more confident firing him up if Albert O is ultimately sidelined. And then also another low-end tight end one we can continue to feel good about is Ricky Seals-Jones because Logan Thomas is, quote-unquote, just not ready to be put out on the football field per Ron Rivera. Andrew, we talked a lot about Tom Brady and this uh, Mike Evans and just just the t- stacking the Tampa Bay offense in general this week, the passing game and tournaments. I really like the idea of bringing it back with someone on Washington. Could it be Ricky Seals-Jones or would you rather go more pay up to get McLaurin or even do the disgusting J.D. McKissick route? No, I think it makes sense. Just, you know, you're getting a correlated punt tight end play, which I always think makes a lot of sense in tournaments. So, I know just McLaurin's just really not being he's not popular either. That's the only thing. Like we obviously know, like you pointed out on the on the pod where he has a really high ceiling. So Ricky Seals Jones, like he kind of has the same ceiling as all the other tight ends. So if your roster works with him in there, I think it's fine. But if you want to pay down a little bit more, pay up, I don't think that he's like necessarily the guy that I have to have in my lineup. But he does play basically like a wide receiver role. So if McLaurin does get more steam as people get on to the Brady stacks, then yeah, I could definitely get behind RSJ couple other miscellaneous injuries not related to the skill positions. Lions are getting their left tackle Taylor Decker back for the first time all year. Packers will be without their left tackle. Most likely David Bakhtiari is listed as doubtful. Cowboys once again out with Tyron Smith with the ankle injury. Broncos potentially down three starting offensive linemen. Chargers will be getting Asante Samuel Jr. back from the concussion protocol, but other starting cornerback Michael Davis remains sidelined with a hammy listed as doubtful. Dwayne, man, it was rough for the Cowboys last week. I mean, their backup left tackle is getting beat like a drum out there at the line of scrimmage. Do you think the Falcons have enough, you know, pass rush juice to kind of replicate that with Tyron Smith gone again? Or should we just expect the Cowboys offense to look a bit more like the group we saw weeks one through eight? 
I think they'll look a bit more like what we saw, and I think they'll give more help to Steele. What's interesting is he had played so well and surprised everyone at right tackle to where you didn't see Lael Collins even when he was ready to come back. So I think they'll just give him more help. I don't think, you know, when you look at the Falcons, it's not like they have a ton of firepower. Obviously, they could scheme some things up, right, to try to create pressure on that side, and I'm sure they will do that. Um, but overall, I would expect this to look a little bit more like what we had seen before. Like we talked about on the pod earlier this week, a lot of this was also self-destructive stuff for the Cowboys early in the game, going for it twice in a row on fourth down, um, weren't able to execute, giving a short field you know, to the opposing offense. And they just got down by too much too early, and they became the one thing they haven't been all year, Ian, which is predictable. Like the other team knew they had to pass. And so that allowed allowed them to load up and do the type of things that they want, keep Dallas in these third and longs. And Dak just had a terrible day. Like that's the worst accuracy we've, we've seen from Dak, you know, in quite some time. So I would expect it to not be as good as with Tyron Smith out there, but definitely an upgrade for the Cowboys offense this, this weekend. Gentlemen, we have concluded this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, focusing on all things injury. Hope you guys enjoy this edition of the pod. I truly do believe and think that is one of the more helpful ones out there. People can go on PFF.com, find all sorts of content from both Dwayne and Andrew. Dwayne, we got your top smash plays, upgrades, and fades out in addition to your always excellent utilization report. Andrew has his DFS cheat sheet, foot, fantasy football stardom, sit him, and his buy low and sell high targets based on high value opportunities. As always, you can check out my mismatch manifesto, wide receiver, cornerback breakdown, running back breakdown, and quarterback predictions. You can get all this with a PFF subscription, which you can get 25% off of by using promo code FANTASY. What else can you get? Our weekly player rankings. Again, we're trying to do more of these Twitter spaces. Get to some of your start sick questions, but the easiest way to get our opinion on this guy versus that guy is to have a PFF sub and go look at our rankings, which we update throughout the week. Also have college football and betting dashboards, a prop tool, and much more. Again, support the pod and use promo code FANTASY for 25% off any sub. Also got a nice little deal for anyone looking to deposit at DraftKings. Get your action and, uh, you know, some betting. Why the hell not? It's a fun time. NFL fan hungry for a big win this week DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL as you cover new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team go ahead and take the bills you know famous last words I know they screwed us last week but I think we need to go back to well with the bills and if they do you win $200 and free bets download DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code PFF bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets if they win you win with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See jockeys.com. Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And finally, people, you can go westernsouthern.com, and we are, have a program with them where you can ask Chris Collinsworth questions about finance, about football, whatever the hell you want to know. All you got to do is submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash Chris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash Chris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, Western Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Gentlemen, it's Friday, 5 p.m. I'm about to go to the gym. Leg day. Never skip it. Great day to be great. I'm pumped for this weekend. Dwayne, any final thoughts? No, man. I think we've hit on everything. Just good luck to everybody out there. I know we had a lot of people saying, hey, can you guys chat over to the side? We will be back on Sunday morning. So we'll be there for you guys on your start set, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Andrew, anything else to get off your chest? Uh, so Julio did not practice today at all. So I, uh, I don't think you can play him. Yes. He's probably not going to play like the hamstring is, is now it's worse. So I, I'm moving him down and he's yeah. Don't play Julio. It sucks. Great. Well, we had some good vibes going. I'm not, I'm not blaming you. <laughs> Enjoy Andrew, your leg day. Ian. <laughs> Enjoy doing the hamstring curls because Julio Jones do an extra rep for Julio. Cause he doesn't have any. So for Dwayne, for Andrew, for Julio Jones, hamstrings. I'm Ian. Thank you as always for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care. Everybody.